0: Howdy guys, back country and barbells Um, where we cover those topics and some in between um, with the hopes of getting you to train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, If you really like the show, uh, tell your buddies, review it, Uh, hit that five star button and um, that'd be great too. But uh, upward, onward, Jeremy Day, how are you sir? Aside from from being computerless, uh, how's your day?
1: You know, I'm doing pretty awesome, man. I, uh, yeah, it's kind of a bummer deal. Go to grab my computer out of my bag and then realize I left it in Las Vegas. Nice. So, uh, trying something new today. Calling in via Skype app location. So, yeah,
0: there you go. But, um, so, but it gives hope for humanity.
1: <laughs> yes, there's always a different route, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, not only that, you leave your laptop in you know, far, far away place, and, you know, how many how many good people have to be in that chain for you to get that back?
1: No, I know, dude. If, That's,
0: if I, you think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. I, it's always fearful. Like, you call them up, and you go, okay, I left my computer. What, what room were you in? And I tell them my room, and they're like, oh, yeah, we got it here. And I'm like, whew, that thing has a lot of information on it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In a funny way um, We went through the same thing My wife uh, had off from work on Friday And she took the kids on a mommy day And they were out and about doing their thing And um, I guess she had bought Mason Mason likes these flat brim hats And she bought Mason this cool red, white, and blue one um, I don't know It was like an expensive hat for a kid It was like a $20 hat Whatever And he's wearing it around And we took Charlie out for her birthday dinner She likes to go to Ferrelli's She's a pizza girl and um, okay. he's got this hat on, and then yesterday, and then in the oh yeah, this is what happened. Then in the restaurant, I'm like, hey man, you're not wearing your hat at the table. <laughs> and he looks across the way, and he goes, that guy's wearing his hat. And I was like, that that's, I like that I was like, well, that guy is an asshole. I was like, you take <laughs> take your hat off. I was like, okay, and then um. You know, we're doing the soccer thing yesterday, and we're running around. And then all of a sudden, at dinner, my wife goes, Mason, where's your hat? He goes, Dad made me take it off. I think I left it at the restaurant. And I'm, I looked at him. I said, are you kidding me? It's your hat. <laughs>
1: he threw you right under the bus, didn't he? You
0: need to get off the blame train and find your damn hat. And um, uh, we made him <laughs> We made him call Forelli's, and they had the hat. Which was cool. And uh Oh, that is cool. We were surprised to get it back because one, it's a pizza place, right? And two, it was a pretty cool new hat. Um that was an adult size hat, but we got it back and um it worked out. So, you know, there is hope for humanity. There are great people out there. Um, you know, and you know, it's cool and you can lose something and find it and um you can rely on some strangers to not uh to not gobble up the goodies. Um but I guess the thing there is I'm it's a it's a tough thing for a kid uh to I guess I guess that's a big sign of responsibility for us all, right? Where where you just um you don't blame other people for what's going on. And you and ra- right yeah, rather than rather than say I'm hungry with my hand in a cookie jar, you know, you end up going, Well, Johnny wanted one, you know.
1: Uh, yeah or he took one
0: yeah that's right so we're looking we're looking for that in the boy but uh you know little lessons like that help him get there um but uh i'm glad you could get your computer back because i know that you use a lot of that i mean that's a big that's a big tool for you man
1: that's a huge tool for me it's kind of my (laughs) lifeblood i'm gonna be dead in the water until i get
0: it yeah so (laughs) do you have to put some things on the back burner until Obviously, we had a work around with the podcast, right? Which is awesome. Um, we're up here recording now, but in terms of in terms of your full time gig, I mean, do you, do you got? Is there a workaround or?
1: or a... Well, I just I'm going to be doing a lot of phone calls, but usually, the, you know, I was on a trade show for freaking six days last week, so coming off of that, I usually don't schedule anything for two or three days so that I can catch up on email. So I'll just be doing a lot of, you know, thumb punching. Okay. On my phone and returning emails and stuff like that, which I don't like to do because sometimes I have to do attachments and this and that, but that's just going to have to wait.
0: Oh, I hear you. Okay. I'm
1: just hoping they don't take tomorrow off and, you, you know, well, I do hope they take it off, but I hope that they're able to send out my um, my laptop because of Veterans Day. Yeah, that's right. Well. I think it'll work out for you,
0: brother. Maybe the t- yeah. maybe the time off will be good for us all. You know, <laughs> that's it. But uh, but um no, and you know, it kind of brings up a fun little topic. Um, that's always fun. You know, if if you know, is there a piece of, let's say, um, you know, your laptop, your laptop's essential, but is it really like you know, you got to do important stuff on it, right? So it makes me even think of hunting in your pack, like, you know. We know you need your bow. We know there's certain things that you have to have. Like, the bow's a good one, right? It's important. And you're not going to hunt without it. But uh, what's another piece of gear in your pack that isn't essential, but it's important to the hunt?
1: Oh, it's not essential, but important to the hunt.
0: And you got one like that, that, hey, you know, because essentially, like like the laptop for this podcast, right? It's important, but look, we got to work around. We figured it out. But so so, what, what's that for you, man? In in your pack?
1: Gosh, man, that's a great question. Because uh, well, you always need your knife, but that's it's that's hard to work around, right? You've got an animal down. How do you skin an animal if you don't have a knife?
0: All right, so knife's off the table, right? Because you got to yeah. have it. So
1: what's... you have to have it. The other essential thing is probably the ten pounds of snacks I carry around. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every day I go out, I, I I carry enough for the day. Yeah. But I end up not eating it all, and then some of that rolls over to the next day. Yeah. So it's not like essential, but it sure is nice when you're hungry. But you, you gotta, have that food there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So,
1: food would be one. Or, you know, overpacking too much food. Oh, gosh, what would be the other one? Maybe, you know, I tend to bring a lot of clothes because I I always pack just to make sure that, you know, I think I might end up staying the night out in the field just because I'll get lost or do whatever. So I I always pack extra clothes. Okay. So that's probably the main thing. You know. Because it's rare that I end up ever having to use it. I mean, I always pack my rain gear because we're in the Pacific Northwest and, you end up using it 80% of the time, but there's some other clothes in there that it's just more for like an overnight bag. Really?
0: Yeah. Very cool.
1: So so how about you?
0: I think, um, you know what I would put up there? Probably a headlamp.
1: Hmm.
0: You know what I mean? Like, cause that's such an, like I figure I was thinking about this, like of all this gear that I use, like I've turned my headlamp on more than I pulled my bow back. If, oh yeah, for do, sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and just walking around camp and being able to use both hands in the dark, you know, because like when you're at home, we have all this artificial light where you you know comes from the ceiling. But when you know when you're doing everything by campfire, if you got to grab something at night or when you're walking in the morning, you know, like that headlamp is pretty dang important. You know what I mean? So I think I think I th- I think I'd be pretty bummed to not have a headlamp. But obviously, you know, you can kind of figure out a way to work around it, you know, like a, like a LED flashlight might be a backup or, you know, you could, I don't know, you can go Indiana Jones style and set up a torch or you could just, (laughs) you know, you you can, you can rework your day around, okay, dang it, I need to be here by X amount of time, right, and do your best to, to avoid a hardship, but, you know, I think a headlamp is kind of like under, under discussed, man, but, but you think about, I know... I use it a lot. You know what I mean? It it'd be it'd be a bummer to not have. You could work around it, but um yeah, so I would say headlamp.
1: Yeah, I agree cuz I you know, like I said, I pack a lot of stuff. I always pack two headlamps.
0: Yeah, no, that's – cuz I'm yeah, I'm light heavy. You know what I mean? Like I have the one light that I'll put in the tent that I'll hang up there, then I'll bring um I'll bring an LED flashlight and I'll bring the headlamp for sure and then I'll bring I don't I think this year I had a backup for both. You know, I don't know if I'm just a big pussy and I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but not, yeah. I'm on pot- I'm sorry, I excuse my potty language today. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. We're like 4 minutes in and I'm two two naughty words deep, but uh, you know, um <laughs> excuse me, but yeah, I think you know, I I, I don't know. I mean, I think that those that, that 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 light is is really important, man, and I bet I bet and I have been very fortunate enough to whether I have good hunting partners or I'm just making decent decisions I haven't been in a tight spot at night i, I can think the 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 tightest we've been night wise was when we got your cow down um uh two, two, um two falls ago and and we were stomping back um we were stomping back out of that creek bed but you know that that's the that's the worst I've been at night and um but I couldn't imagine being in the in the woods dark without one
1: yeah you know i i got lost in the woods one time and it was because of that stinking light my flashlight went out
0: well do tell sir what happened
1: well we went turkey hunting we were over outside of uh prineville oregon and we were up in the Ochoco's up there and we we're just going into i think it was The day before, we were going to actually go turkey hunting, so we went out there, and we were listening for birds to roost, right, because they'll gobble when they get up in the tree, so we get back in there pretty, I get back in there pretty deep, we all split up, there's three of us, me, uh, my brother-in-law, and my cousin, and of course, I look at the map before I leave the truck, this is pre-ONX, and uh, didn't have a GPS that was worth a darn, so I didn't mark the truck anyway. So we, I get way deep in there, and then I'm like – it's getting dark. And I go, well, gosh, you know, there's a shortcut.
0: <laughs> if I just
1: go back out to this road and take a right and, and head west, I could go down, cross the creek, and then there's another road that kind of skirted up the creek a little bit. And then I'll just follow the creek up the rest of the way. So I, I start heading out. Take that right turn on the, the road, heading west. And I'm going and I'm going. And I cross the creek. And it was actually a pretty gnarly creek, a lot bigger than I thought it was. And my light flashlight goes out. Mm. And I'm like, oh, so, crap.
0: So you say you're about to cross a creek in the dark?
1: I did cross the creek with my flashlight. So I was able oh, okay. to cross the creek with the flashlight. And I get across. <clears throat> and I start heading up. And the damn thing goes out and it won't work. And I didn't have a headlamp or nothing like that. This was, you know, pre even thinking about that. So I had a backup flashlight and I turn it on and it is so dim. I'm like, oh, geez. Oh, well, I'll just follow this creek up. So I follow the creek up, 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 up. I'm two, three, four miles into it. And I'm like dehydrated. And I said, skip it. I just dumped my water bladder in that creek. I filled up my water bladder. I just sucked water down and collected my senses and said, well, I'm just going to have to backtrack. I'll just go back to that road. I come back down, and lo and behold, I never did find the road, but I did find a fence post. So there was these fence posts going every which way to divide up the cattle. You know, there's a lot of cattle grazing up there So there was, we were skirting private land, and then we were on the forest land. And I was like, oh cool, there's there's the fence. So I start following this fence, and all of a sudden, I get a little glimpse of the road. I mean, like a just a hint glimpse of the road. And I and I for sure thought I was on the fence that was going to take me to my vehicle. And I get on the road, and Joe, it was if I would have taken that fence line, it would have dropped me down. Into the what it did was going east, and then it dropped directly um, north, which would have taken me the complete opposite of my vehicle. Mm. So I, I kept going. I got on the road, and then I finally made my way back up. But that light was so dim, I couldn't identify anything. And I had two people waiting for me at the vehicle. I was three and a half or four hours late. I mean, it was pretty scary. I got back to the rig at about. 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning
0: and uh what'd your what'd your buddy say
1: they said man where in the hell have you been we've been up here <laughs> shooting our guns off and trying to you know and I couldn't hear anything because I was so far down and I was like oh I oh I was hunting because I had my shotgun and I said well I, I unloaded three rounds too and um they said they never heard it but luckily I mean I had just enough light to see but otherwise I would have been i had to wait until the morning time and then i'd have got my bearings and it was a pitch black i believe I mean, there it. was no moon at all and it was clear skies so it was just like as dark as dark can be but that's that was one that was the only time i ever been lost
0: so aside from uh aside from the getting lost what were you out there hunting turkey oh okay did you get one?
1: Oh no <laughs> didn't even hear one <laughs> there you go it was know. on a whole new area we had never gone so we just kind of that's why we're all out there listening for roost gotcha you know, uh, birds roosting in trees there was a sign out there there's just there's they're just more on the private and i did go back like a week later and had called one in within 10 yards but um and i, I wasn't prepared i didn't have my shotgun up so well, he he pinned me out with the white of my eyes and was gone. But
0: Well you talked about being prepared, you know, we were even um we had a little family gathering not too long ago where uh you know, um where my uncle's boy had taken out his gear to take a buddy backpacking for the first time and you know, they didn't before they went out, they didn't check the first aid kit, they didn't check they didn't check the lamps for bat and the batteries and then they get out there and you know, the the all the tape in the first aid kit is dried up and crumbly mess and then all of a sudden they go to turn the headlamps on and they got an hours worth of battery in them but, you know it just goes to show that you know you got to check your gear you got to you got to make sure you know i also in my little um my little utility kit i also along with having an extra um headlamp or something i'll have just batteries for it i th- you know why not? Yeah, you know what I mean. So, because, like you said, that light, having that light access in, in a tough spot, and not to mention, you know, it's it's my belief, and what I understand that that's that's time when when the big guys come out. Those, oh yeah, those critters that um we don't really like, um you know cougars, um they're pretty active that yeah, are the Nocturnal ones.
1: <laughs> so well, and that's the thing. The flashlight actually broke. It didn't. It wasn't the bat. I had backup oh, batteries. I, I tried got you. To- I put new batteries in there. It, it it just the bulb went out.
0: Was that when um did, did you think it got wet?
1: No, no, no. This was just pre pre the L- LED movement. Oh. So it was um it yeah. was just a regular bulb, but it went out, and then the you know those flashlights. Um, I can't remember what kind it was, but it would had had a backup bulb in there too, but it wasn't inside my flashlight, so. Well, it was literally just the bulb that went out so i was just screwed
0: it's one of my goals as a hunter to not ever be in the spot you just described
1: <laughs> well you know i i wonder if you didn't have a flashlight how many lives it would save because your natural instinct would say stay put build yeah. camp wait until the morning
0: yeah yeah so, so
1: so many people will turn on their flashlights think they know where they're at and then just keep doing circle after circle after circle after circle like i had that if, if I, my other flashlight didn't work, I would have probably just stayed put, hunkered up, because there's no way in hell I could have seen going anywhere.
0: And you would have had just two pissed off friends, not, not put yourself in a really nasty spot.
1: Right, right, exactly. I mean, it turned out good, but that's rare, right? Some... I just happened to see the fence post, you know, because they, they reflect a little bit, and I happened to see the – I mean, it was just God was looking out for me, right? There's incidents where that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, well, you know, a lot of times it doesn't. No. Yeah, well, there we go, folks. Uh, The lesson there is uh, have your backup headlamp, (laughs) you know, know what time of day it is. (laughs) And that's true, too. And make sure it's bright. (laughs) Yeah, because you could imagine, you know, even now, if you look at, um, at daylight savings just kicking over this past week, you know, it gets dark pretty quick and if you're not if you're not in tune to even the time of the day of what's going on or you know when when first light is when when the dawn's coming in um you know when it's about to be dusk and when it turns dark i mean you can be you can be in a pretty tough spot you know i think sometimes we take for granted you know um what artificial light does you know you take for granted a street light when you don't have and then all of a sudden you're in a spot where you don't have it and you realize whoa yeah <laughs> the, the dark is a real thing <laughs> so <laughs>
1: it's a real thing it could be dang that's why when i'm out in the woods i try not to use the headlamp as much as possible like when we're walking skid roads and that and if, if you could see with the naked eye yeah just to kind of adapt to it and you know then your other senses kicked in kick in your 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 ears your nose sense of smell all that kind of stuff
0: yeah no i agree i agree with you on that a little bit um but damn it if it gets real dark i'm a little scared
1: yeah <laughs> I know, that's our hunting partner, um, Dave, he always looks like a trucker. I mean, he's got some lights that will, headlamps and everything that will kick in. I mean, this is bright.
0: Yeah, well, we'll have to, um, well, he's got his reasons for not wanting to get lost in the dark. Um, And plus, I don't know if his his vision's the greatest either. Right, and
1: and that's, each person's different, right? My cousin Benny, he would always, man, he'd have like... He every year he come up with a new gadget. I'm like, where in the hell did you get that? But one year he came up with this like, it was a vest with all these flashlights on it, and he looked like a 18-wheeler. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> he's coming down. You know, we're turkey hunting. It's four o'clock in the morning, and I look over, and he's got like 20 lights on him. <laughs> well, it was too funny. That's
0: another fun question too. Um, and I actually, um, I actually did a post about this. Um, I don't know if I did it on my personal one or also on the backcountry and barbells post which uh, check it out on instagram pretty active please do that but you know I was putting away the um I was putting away all the Halloween gear and we have this uh we have this skeleton uh we call him skelly and I put him on while I was putting the other stuff away I just kind of put him on my um I have a uh I have a Schwinn airdyne it's like a bike you can really put some it's it's the it's the bike. It's the um. It's the bike where it has the. You can also move your arms on it. i know if you've seen these. Um, oh yeah. But you can you can torture yourself on them. But I was looking at the skeleton on it, and I sat him on it, and then I realized you know I don't use that bike as much as I thought I would.
1: <laughs> you know it what I mean? A great post. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So so I guess the other question is what's the other? Here's the other question on that. What's the piece of gear that you were excited to buy? and put in your pack that just got underutilized?
1: You know, I've like filtered through all of that stuff. I pretty much only put in there with stuff that I 100% know I'll use in a survival situation.
0: How about your early but, days though?
1: Go yeah, ahead. the early days, probably the saw to cut up an elk. Cause they, you know, they have those hand saws and I'd always pack that thing around and never used it. There you go. And so, and it's, you know, it's, it's probably what are they 16 inches long maybe a foot long it's double-sided it's got a leather sheet kind of large and cumbersome but i'd always pack that thing in and i i don't think i ever used it one time in the woods
0: huh there you go and it's probably not lightest and it's somewhat cumbersome that long
1: yeah yeah it is exactly it's an added you know extra pound maybe half a pound but
0: so what would the for? it was for just what going right through like the femur and big bones and just hacking joints up
1: yeah yeah so back in the day when we used to pack elk out you know we did the pre um it was this was pre the gutless method and um and going in between the joints cutting in between the joints what we would do is just go in and how did we do it back in the day man it's been so stinking long I just remember we oh we'd pack out the ribs and everything, so we'd cut the spine so that we could get the ribs and then cut the head off, and then um that's what we would do, huh. so then Same. you're using the saw two or three times, but like I said, I never had to use it because usually someone else pulled theirs out, so <laughs> yeah,
0: very cool. well, shoot, I th- you know for me, it's sad to say, but I think it might be my bow. <laughs> I just, I just haven't hey, used your bow, huh? Yeah, I haven't used a damn thing yet.
1: <laughs> well, you're only two years into archery yeah. hunting, right? Yeah, that's right. You know. You gotta,
0: We're working it out. To
1: beat the average, you gotta get one here within the next three years.
0: We will. I'll get one. We'll work that out. But I yeah. I kid. Um
1: so I think you know, what if I'll look
0: through my pack. What is something I was excited to get and just haven't quite used as much? Um you know, I like to go in pretty light, so I don't really have a ton of spare gear. Um, so I have to think back on that one. i got to think about what what's going in that pack. Cause well, it, what
1: I think is interesting is with, you know, YouTube and all these other things, it's not really too much of a trial and error or people don't get excited. They watch these YouTube and people are able to show you what to pack and, yeah, yeah. you know, and back in when my early days, you know, there was no kind of YouTube or you talk to somebody and they're like, oh, I have this. But you're unexperienced. You go out there and you go, oh, man, you see something. You're like, man, I could use that when I'm out there. I know I can because when I get an animal down, this, this and that. And so then you pack it around or they'd come out with these gadgets. I remember this. Um, Will Primos came out with this call that it was, it was a turkey call and it was a slate. And then you could strap it around your legs. So as you're sitting there in the turkey blind um, out in the open you could you didn't have to hold it it was just strapped to your leg yep. but it was like 3 or 4 inches thick and um, you had this strap and it was kind of it's huge i used it twice and then the strap broke of course or no i lost the strap so i only used that slate twice ever oh yeah <laughs> Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that. That'd probably be my piece of gear that I was excited to get that I don't use as much. It's a turkey call. That that one you yeah. gave. That's the one you gave me. Yeah, yeah. Was, right. Yeah, I'm teasing you on it. No. no. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bad joke that it didn't, it didn't land well. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, it, I did Did I give that one to you? Is that the one I gave you? Yeah, me? when
0: we went out on that first turkey hunt, you had it with yeah. you. Um, yeah, it seems like turkey hunting, you have a lot of gear. You know what I mean? Even more than like... Even, you know, because I guess maybe it's like with elk calling. You know, all those diaphragms. You know, they. You know, you get a lot of diaphragms in a small spot. But it's funny when you go turkey hunting. You know, when we were out this last time, you had the decoy on. We had decoys on our back, call, different varieties of calls in our pockets, all kinds of stuff, our yeah. bows, this and that. Yeah, I almost feel like we had more gear on for turkey hunt than than we did that in elk camp.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because the you know you did you just got to throw everything out at them. little different than just bugling turkeys are a little harder well that's kind of a controversial comment but who knows to me they're they're a little bit um trickier to call in sometimes elk are the same way i mean they all have their trickiness but
0: yeah i was gonna say i think with both the hardest part is locating them yeah if if they're quiet it's just hard to find them that's just the game and you know sometimes you got to be you know, I'd rather be lucky than good sometimes, especially if they're not real vocal, whether it seems like with turkey, we end up catching it at the, at the end when they're kind of over pressured, And it seems like with elk so far, you know, in my two years going after them, uh, it seems like the rut's just been early and we haven't been in the, the rut fest yet out here, the way the seasons fall, so...
1: Well, I think the ruts are falling later.
0: Yeah, no, that's what, yeah, we, and then archery, early we're season archery. Early. Is, yeah, we're just there too early, so. But that, hopefully, looking at the calendar, um, we should be in a better spot next year, which would be pretty fired up,
1: so. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, so, we'll see. Yeah, fun little chat about gear. How about you guys? Um, if you want to uh, add into this conversation, we'll have a fun little, um, I'll try and get a little post together about, you know, different gear options, but, you know, there's always a piece that, you, you know, I, you know. Sometimes it's one piece too many or you get excited for something and never use it. I was going to say, you know, if I had to really think about it, at first season I was geared up to use my little stove, but the camp was so set up I didn't need to use it. So then I started to conjure up ways to, to use it myself and make my own little coffee. But to be honest, you know, as, that would probably be another piece that I think I could live without in the woods, but I would really be bummed to not have it. I love that little stove because I love, I love having that, that nice shot of warm coffee on a, on a, you know, somewhat cold morning, you know? So, uh, I well, had... yeah, it's
1: a little, it's a nice little, I, you know, I never did do coffee until I met you and we'd go out there and I'm like, man, this is kind of like a nice little pick me chill up. factor, right? You just hang out, you're chilling. It kind of gets you some coffee in your system, gets you some little pep in your step, some caffeine,
0: well, and I think, too, it also makes me stop for, you know, whatever, however long that takes. Because I think yeah, I think my big flaw as a hunter so far is just wanting to keep moving. And I think as I yeah, develop patience, patience and sit a little bit and just let nature kind of come to me, and um, in that regard would be good. So we'll work
1: through it. Yeah, and I still struggle with that, too, I mean, over the years. But I'm, I'm getting a lot better now. I'm, like, all hanging out and just... I'll chill and call a lot longer than I did before. Before I was like, okay, there's no elk here. I got to get to the next ridge. Okay, no elk here. I got to get to the next ridge, and pretty much elk in every drainage, really. So how patient?
0: How patient do you think you have to be? Like, is it an hour a spot? Is it twenty minutes? You know, is it sitting in a spot for six hours? I mean, because, and I'm just torn about it because, especially where we seem to hunt, it's pretty thick forest. Like, there's not. It's not that again I I said this many times on this podcast when we're, we're hunting out here in western Washington it's not really that true western style hunting experience where you're on a, a big perch and you're you're glassing up miles of terrain like it's just not it's just not what's happening even the clearcuts are very the clearcuts that you would glass up are very um uh, they're they're sectioned off there and then
1: you know, they're not, well, yeah, they're, they're, they're the highest pressured thing. Yeah. So they're out of the out of the clear cuts first thing in the morning. I mean <clears throat> for the most part. If they're not if they're not pressured, they'll stay out there until ten or so.
0: Yeah. But so so what do you think? I mean, how patient what, what when are you patient to say, a fault and, and how much patience do you really need on a spot?
1: I would say probably an hour to an hour and a half in the thick dense forest of the coastal range.
0: Yeah, just kind of. now. Yeah,
1: because, and I come up with that because this year, how many times did we backtrack or coming out of a drainage or something? We backtrack our trails and there was a single elk hoof print in our track.
0: Yeah, over we're our we're coming stuff.
1: out an hour and a half, two hours later. Yep. So, and that's my thing. I'm just so impatient. Yeah. Plus, we were kind of doing push hunts and call as we go and,
0: we were moving we were moving around
1: yeah we were we were and then there was just a lot of people too so they're not i mean there's no reason for them to be super vocal
0: yeah well you know it's an interesting question um it's a thought because you know i don't know think back to your the hunt that was positive um for for both of you both times you were out this last 2 years where you know we did come across them we were in we found them You know, we found them, when you find them, it's relatively easy, right? But it's, like, (laughs) you know, your your bull this year, it was a nice little push that we came across the herd. And even your cow, there was a a small herd that we came across and um, we found them moving. You know what I mean? So So sometimes you go back into your, you know, it's just a hard thing to do. What can you say? Hunting's not hard and anyone who says it's easy is just talking shit like it's just like it's
1: yeah and and there's so many different strategies to it too i mean it's not just about hanging tight it it, every situation is different i mean we're hunting the days where it was just raining so hard that gosh you probably bugle and it's only going 50 yards yeah so it's a lot tougher hunting but and i think i think where people have the least patience is when they have a bull located and then you do a setup. Because those elk, they know that they hear something and then they're going to come to that noise or they're looking for it continually. They'll take three or four steps and they're looking that direction, three or four steps in that direction. So if you're constantly sitting there fidgeting or moving or just even sitting in front of a tree, especially if you're walking, hunt, hunt game's over.
0: Sure. And I think
1: a lot of people don't, they get a location, and then they'll call, and then they try to get closer and call and closer and call. You know, once you get into that 100 yards, you you need to really just plant, pull up a tree, and just stay mobile, but yet do not move. Sure. I mean, you can't move your legs. You can't move. So a lot of people sit there and fidget, and, and I think a lot of times that's what blows elk out.
0: Well, there it is. Patience, right? Gadgets, work it out. Um, you know, there's, yeah. there's a lot going on there. But um, you know, as as it's funny to get into these topics as we're getting a, a closer to um closer to uh, this late season hunt. Is there anything new going into your pack this as we go into um, late season that you're excited about?
1: Um, as
0: we continue talking a little bit about gear and uh, these accessories you want to carry around.
1: Yeah, I got a new. I got a new knife. I mean, it was it was the same knife I used last year, but I got a new one. So <clears throat> excited to bring that in there. And I got I got a new headlamp. Fired up. And, you know, speaking of headlamps, so um, I was fortunate enough to um, have a booth next to another booth over in the um, SEMA show, and it was Coast Knives. Struck a good conversation with them and got a bunch of great gear. And um, can't wait to test out these headlamps. They look super nice. I think I got three different kinds. Yeah. So I'll be switching out my old headlamps and putting in these new Coast headlamps. And uh, they they comes with the red, the green, and then also the LED. And then they have different projection sizes, so that um, I'll pack both of those in there there's one with a smaller diameter projection size and then one with a larger diameter so very cool yeah and then the other knife I I got a coast knife there last year and um, I used that to gut up my elk this year or you know to skin out the elk this year and it it worked phenomenal so they're made right out of well the corporate headquarters is in Portland
0: now is that the one is that the folding knife you use
1: no, it's a fixed blade knife. So I, I don't really like using folding knives, just because there's so many mechanisms that can go bad. But what I really like about Coast folding knives is they have a patent locking system. So you open it up, it locks, and then you have another thumb trigger that then locks it again, so that it can't it can't bend back or bend forward or break. Oh,
0: very cool. Yeah,
1: I'm it's on a dual a dual locking system. So.
0: Yeah. That's, I'm on their site now. They and they actually, their knives have a really cool. I like these black knives. They're cool. <laughs> so, so they they got the eye appeal yeah. here. Yeah, it's looks like a cool little, like cool little um, cool little company. You know, local group. Uh, and the headlamps do look pretty sharp. So, as we talk about some of this stuff, um, we'll have to um, oh, very cool. No, and it's
1: inexpensive stuff. I mean, it's not like. You're paying a hundred dollars for the knife and a hundred and fifty dollars for a headlamp I mean yeah. it's it's good functional stuff that they stand by their product I think is it lifetime warranty is that what it says or no I a lot of is.
0: them yeah, a lot of them I Yeah, yes a
1: lot a lot of them like the lifetime warranty so and
0: very cool well sweet, yeah, yeah, everything is so we'll have to we'll keep our eye on this coast brand um um, and and uh, we'll check them out. We'll we'll come back to you on that. But um, yeah, if, I mean, uh, you know, I think for me, uh, I got two things that I'm pumped about. That you know, I'm still building my kit, so I did end up pulling the trigger. Yeah. I did end up pulling the trigger on the um, binos. Uh, I got the Vortex um, uh, Viper 12 by 50. So I'm pretty excited about no 10 by 50. Excuse me. I was a little weary of. Um, not being able to focus a bit and I'm not gonna be i think for right now for a little bit uh, i'll be uh I'll be freehanding these uh binos so I didn't want to worry about a tripod and all that stuff so um I went with the 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 10 the 1050 vipers which um I got a solid uh deal on which was cool and then I'm also adding uh last year the big ticket was getting essential rain gear. Um so this year thinking more about cold weather, um I'm also adding a little bit of puffy gear, which I'm fired up about. So I got the um uncompadre um puffy insulation from First Light, which is which I'm excited about. Um so uh so that'll be cool. Now did you
1: get the combo, the pants and the jacket, or did you just do a jacket? I
0: got I got the pants and the jacket. So I figured this, nice. this late season we might be sitting a bit. So um I, I wanted to be comfy. You know what I mean? Um, and then the cool part is I, Absolutely. I really like that it's it's really packable, which you can get into the pack really nice. It's pretty light. Um, but the cool part about the, the jacket is it kind of folds up into its pocket. So you got like a little, I can get like a little pillow for them late season naps. So I'm excited nice. about that. <laughs> Hopefully get nice and warm there. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited for that. And then honestly, um, you know, I'm real pumped up to uh start working some binos and glassing up so you know the thought with these two pieces is to maybe this um late season to to apply some patience so i can sit and look more rather than you know because i think also the tendency maybe to move more is you know when it's not comfortable out sometimes moving distracts you from how miserable you are and also it's a oh yeah you know when you know, when you're doing day hunts or you have a real nice camp set up, you know you can burn calories just staying warm, and it's it's a comfort thing, I think, sometimes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So. Um, well, yeah,
1: and like you said, you get you're sitting there and you're getting fidgety. You want to see the animal, right, so bad that you're just kind of like, oh, your adrenaline's going. You want to get up and you, you want to get lay the eyes on that beast, and man, the patient's... You're gonna They're gonna see you far before you see them.
0: Yeah, and especially as, as 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 power. I think even the frustrating thing is it could be all right, and then all of a sudden the wrong one single gust of wind that you are not in control of is the one that sets you off too. I mean, what do they oh, say? Oh yeah, you there's might be, lots
1: of variables.
0: You might be able to hide behind something, but you're not gonna trick their nose ever, which is really frustrating. So. Um, we'll work through it we'll see what happens it's exciting you know it's always fun to get ready for for a hunt that's coming up um and uh so how about how about you jeremy are we thinking are we when are you going out for these mule deer are you doing that still
1: you know i am so my son's coming in from college the sunday through a friday so i think i might leave the friday after thanksgiving and head out okay for three days um i don't know exactly where i'll be going I, my, my intent is to do the mule deer thing, but I don't know. I haven't honestly haven't even talked to my wife about it yet. So, cool. Um, we've got all the medical stuff all wrapped up, so I'm kind of free now. Fired
0: up. Good for you. I'm glad that worked so out. So I might drop
1: him off at the airport and then head out. On Friday. On Friday. But gosh, there's just something about these stinking black-tailed deer that I just want
0: to... <laughs> you want to go get one?
1: Oh, I just love hunting them, and it's so frustrating. But yet, it, there's just something about getting a big blacktail, and I haven't gotten a big blacktail deer yet.
0: Sure, well, I know, so. I know where there's a bunch of them um, <laughs> in my <laughs> yeah, ne- huh? in my neighborhood. Like it's been crazy lately to watch them come about. Like when I just pop out, they'll be in our my little yard eating acorns, and they're. I mean, yeah, there was a nice six-point, you know, uh, three by three in the radar right here. It would have been a legal shooter. I saw, I saw a nice one just kind of cruising Center Drive. I mean, they are all over Dupont, and it's got me, it's got me so crazy. I'm, I was on on X yesterday for about an hour just cruising Little Dupont to see what I'm so close to calling this golf course to see if I can't get some kind of permission to go in their timber and just still hunt their timber. Um, have you ever done anything like that?
1: Uh, not on a golf course. Wouldn't they? I've, I've skirted a golf course. I do imagine You can pattern them in golf courses a lot of times because there's there's usually like main ways in and, and throwaways out. So. Well,
0: yeah, I got a spot I think lined up. There's this there's this real deep. There's this really deep. Uh, it, well, it's not. Well, it's as deep as it can be in a you know golf course that's in Dupont. But it's like a, a th- it's a thick timber patch where there's a pond in it, and then obviously with the um, with the uh, Driving uh, whatever hole it is, uh, there's a there's a fairway, and I'm like, oh, look at this. There's a clear cut here, a thick timber where they could hide, and then the water source right there. Is they're probably bedded right up in there. Like, um, and then you know, here's some spots where they could cruise. So, um, I'm I'm telling you, I, I, the way I was looking at this home golf course, I feel like there is a bunch. I think that's like where they all congregate and kind of hide up in there. So, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder uh, how that conversation would go if I just called him up and like, hey man, let me go cruise that timber. And then the only wild card would be if I did if I did get one and it, it kind of went out in the fairway and I'm out there cleaning this deer up while some guys are trying to you know put through my put through my uh, my uh, pack out.
1: Well, that's what they'll usually say: is you, if you get one, you got to take it out whole.
0: Yeah, get it. So out then
1: you have to go find a place to gut it and all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, we'll work it out. So we'll and get see. rid
1: of the carcass.
0: But does that go? F- I mean, have, have do? Are there folks who get permissions on golf courses and stuff? I oh mean,
1: yeah, golf courses hate elk and deer. Oh, they do they? tear that. the course up, especially this time of the year when the bucks are in their rut and they're chasing those does around and bumping them and bumping them and they're all just spilling all over God's earth. They'll I've pro- heard a lot of people being successful near golf courses, especially like. Golf courses were in the winter time that they're not being utilized as much.
0: Huh. Well, I might have
1: to. My uh... fear would be like the damn thing would go right in front of the lady that's anti-hunting and just kill over right there. And She would call. Yeah, she'd be like. That's why I don't even hunt in my own neighborhood because I'm scared that, you know. Goes that extra 100 yards and piles up right in my neighbor's yard.
0: You don't know who you're going to piss off. Yeah, I hear you. That's yeah, because I
1: got a huge bear that comes over here every single year when my apples are dropping. And, I mean, he's gigantic, but I'm just scared to put up a tree stand and smoke him.
0: Well, if he's uh, – well, I know a guy who's I, – I know, I know someone who's not. Um, we'll work it out. But, uh, you know, it's probably sweet meat if if he's chomping on your apples all the time.
1: Oh yeah, and there's a crapload of apple trees around me because yeah. this is an old, old uh, apple orchard. Where I live is it used to be uh, during the Prohibition years. The lady would, um, she supplied all the alcohol um, for a lot of the people around. Very. And rumor cool. has it.
0: Okay. I like it's
1: it. Kind of a, a neat little history about where we live.
0: Very cool. Well, I, you know, I think you should smoke that bear. And I know, dude. I think you should uh, not worry about what your neighbors say.
1: What well, you- here's the thing. He's 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 a neighborhood legend because he's about 24 years old. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. And he's been my my wife seen him one day and she said he's about 400 450 pounds. All I've seen is his dung, and I mean it's like literally the size of Titus's head. Nice. We've got pictures of Titus bending <laughs> over looking at it. And you could see the size of his head and the size of this pile of uh, recycled apples.
0: So he's a tank.
1: Oh, he's huge, and so everybody talks about. Oh yeah, no one's ever really seen him. And I've told my wife seen him twice, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, he's kind of he's been coming around for like 24 years." And I'm like, "Oh, well, maybe I better not shoot this bear." <laughs> well,
0: I'm pretty sure even like yeah, I mean, you might want to be careful about it. You might be right because even I think in New Jersey. There was a big story a couple of years ago and it's probably one of the main reasons they took away the the black bear season out there where somebody had shot there was a famous bear out there that was like walking on it would it had like a bad front paw so it was pretty famous for just walking around on its hind legs Oh and somebody somebody greased it and when they went to the bear check stand there was all kinds of protests at it and um, it went, it went bad for all hunters in Jersey who, you know, and what's interesting about that is, you know, I think the black bear in Jersey, is some of the most densely populated black bear in the, in the country or perhaps the world. Like it's, right. there's a lot there and a lot of bear, a lot of people. It's only, you know, a lot of folks say it's only time will tell when, when there's going to be a real bad incident, you know? So, and I can attest to that. We lived in West Point. There were black bears all over that neighborhood. Um, and it's <laughs> funny how they get, those black bears get, you know, people love them. You know, there was a bear in West Point that was famous. I had a Facebook page. You know, people, <laughs> seriously, people made a Facebook page for it. And all of a sudden this bear wasn't a wild animal that could kill your children. And, you know, it's going yeah, f- to put you, put f- your
1: dogs and your cats. And- yeah,
0: well, no, no, it's going to put you face down and eat you, you know? Yeah but first, you know, and that's not fun. You know, that's what they are. And if they get if they get if they get squirrely on you, that's what they're going to do. You know what I mean? Not, you know, so um yeah, it's a weird thing that we can kind of put these human characteristics to these critters and um Oh,
1: yeah. People like you said, they love bears. They think they're so cute. You, you know, you tell people you hunt bears and they're like, "Oh my gosh, how could you do that? They're so cute."
0: Yeah, and, oh yeah, I feel like,
1: yeah, they are cute, but they are still at the end of the day they're a predator and we I, you know, we got to do our part.
0: I don't think they're it's cute. Just, I don't think they're cute at all. I think they're I think they're cute. On awful. The oh, yeah, that's no, right. I'm <laughs> no, yeah. no, I think they're bad, man. Um you and know, watch tasty is what they are. Watch a video of a of a grizzly just sprinting down and 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 there's a crazy video I think um who was sharing it. It's just of a grizzly bear chasing a deer, and they're so agile and aggressive, and they're they're mean, dude. Um, so
1: they are mean. Watch them fight, like yeah, they fight each other. Gosh dang, man, them dudes are brawlers. That's like. True UFC stuff right there. No,
0: they're they're got they could do jujitsu pretty well. Uh, definitely Greco Roman wrestling. They're working for underhooks and you know doing their thing. But uh, no, it's it's it. And two, I think when you have all these people talk about you know mistakes you can make is you know when you're in a in bear country like that, which you know Jersey is, you know bird, yeah. bird feeders and not managing your trash really well. You know that can really be a recipe for disaster. I mean, I think there's even. There's been some crazy videos. talking with fighting now of, you know, giant black bears mauling each other in people's front yards. I mean, it's a matter of time <laughs> before the wrong person sees that and thinks it's cute, and you know, who knows what happens. So,
1: they oh, get too close? Wanting pictures, and,
0: and that's right. They, I mean, they're cool to see. I, I mean, I have respect for them. I think they're cool to see. But I, I'm, I'm convinced that they're just wild animals. There's nothing cute about them. You know, uh, Yogi, whether it's Yogi Bear or what coca-cola there was a we had our parent teacher conferences this week and a kid came in wearing a polar bear shirt and the polar bear was mean and nasty and i was like that's the right depiction (laughs) thank you young man i was like because what i I looked right at his dad i said because what coca-cola is doing is a bunch of bs i was like polar bears eat their own young um they're as nasty as they can get and if they can find you they're gonna eat you
1: so that's it man they're they're predators, just like all of us. That's it. When well, it comes time to eat,
0: they're gonna get some.
1: They're gonna do it. <laughs>
0: well, very cool. Well, um, hey, we're about we're we're about an hour into this um shit talking session, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's crazy. But uh, time flies. Yeah, but I think. But to be honest, I think we got a couple of cool things about you know um, some gear considerations and uh, you know what you what you know the conversation seemed to be about stuff you'd like to have in your pack right stuff you like to have yeah. or maybe even some gear but um uh but uh you know so again i, I love the headlamp i love my little stove um i'm interested to i'm real. i'll tell you what i'm excited to put some um i'm excited to put uh put some uh binos and in, in a in a nice warm jacket to use by just sitting and being patient so let's um,
1: I did you get a bino harness too or are you holding off on that uh i
0: think it i'm i'm holding out because i think it comes with one so we'll see. I'm going to see what it is, but if I don't, I will get one. So that will happen. Yeah,
1: cuz usually they don't they'll come with a case but not a harness to strap to your chest or anything.
0: Yeah, we'll work it out. Maybe the case will um so the case will just be um kind of Basically, like it'll just the rangefinder case.
1: The, yeah, exactly like that.
0: Yeah. So I will get a I'll get a little harness. We'll work it out. Um, but, uh, no, I'm excited. We'll, um, we'll keep chatting about what we're going to do here. I think we're, our plans are, we've discussed a couple different things, um, between late season elk, um, mule deer, and then blacktail. I mean, we got three good options for antlered critters and, um, you know, we'll, we'll work that out and, uh, we'll keep you all posted on it. Um, so as we, as we close the show out, uh, make sure you're thinking about, uh, you know, you want to pack light, but you want to pack Things that are going to be helpful um, and and have your extra goodies in there whether they're batteries or headlamps and stuff so um you know make sure make sure you're you're locked and loaded um, with gear that you can use not stuff that just takes up uh space in your pack um, well fired up Jeremy um, any closing yeah, thoughts man. any closing thoughts or concluders uh before we before we jump off and do the rest of our Sunday thing
1: no not really I mean maybe just uh work on the patience. It's oh. a hard thing to do.
0: I'll tell you what, doing nothing is the hardest thing to do out there. Sometimes I can't believe it's how re- hard that is.
1: Oh, it's, it's ridiculously hard. So, <laughs> and you can practice it at home and anywhere. You know, <laughs> it's I, something that you, all of us can probably work on when it comes to work. And, um, even just talking with people, right. It's so, so hard to sit there and listen to people, especially when you have ideas and in, in a conversation, you want to interrupt them and, you just gotta be patient.
0: Talk about a um a way to exercise patience. Uh Steve Renella on his podcast Meat Eater, which if you guys should check out, but uh he was talking about how his brother um only cooks with you know like those alcohol sterno things that keep things warm? Oh yeah. His brother cooks with those because they're quiet and he says, Well, one of the reasons I do it is it makes me sit longer.
1: <laughs> oh that's interesting so that's what i he, wish i had that much time i could wait
0: yeah that's right well that's what he does <laughs> but i guess when they go you know it just it makes you sit a bit and he goes he goes that's what kind of i think his thought was that's what kind of sets the tones for the patience you're going to need for the rest of the hunt you know what i mean so oh, that makes sense interesting stuff so yeah sometimes sometimes it's 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 go slow not go 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 right so absolutely we'll see but uh well thanks gang thanks for listening like we said at the top of the show um you know uh backcountry and barbells where we try to cover those topics and anything in between and all with the idea to get you to train hunt and live um the best life possible and um if you're if you're kind of weekend um late season warriors where you're just trying to piece three or four days together like jeremy and i um the gear matter so jeremy man thanks a bunch buddy um it's yeah, always fun brother. to chat with you and i'm I'm happy about the situation with your wife and i'm looking forward to um getting out in the woods here in uh, late november
1: thanks brother and i would like to throw one shout out to our veterans as we're approaching veterans day i want to say thank you for your service and god bless america
0: oh get this yeah i'll, I'll say one thing on that note we had an awesome um Veterans Day ceremony at our school, and uh, I organized these Blue Run folks to come out and talk to our kiddos. And um, this guy was this guy, thirty years active duty, fourteen years as a civilian uh, flying Chinooks, and uh, he came and talked to our kids. And the coolest message he put out to our kids: one of the kids asks, "How hard is it to fly the the America's fastest, strongest, biggest helicopter?" um that's what they are and he goes you know what everyone in this room has the capability to do it it's just something you can learn i thought that was a cool message you know what i mean so (laughs) it's a great message you know because this was a good old boy from alaska who went to um linfield in oregon um spent uh, all spent all that time doing a lot of cool stuff he was telling all the kids stories about getting shot down and this and the other thing and um Um, he gave the kids some really sage advice and um, in particular he said hey man if you want to do it um, if you get good enough grades to graduate high school you got good enough grades to learn how to fly a chinook and it was pretty cool man they they were that's awesome so pretty rad so thank you vets Um, we know a bunch of them whether um, the message from the blue run folks about veterans day was uh, take purposeful steps you know just do something whether you're going to thank a vet by shaking his hand or you're going to take a walk for remembrance or even uh, hit a 5k or, or put a pair, care package together do it with purpose um they do a lot for us and um in turn anything you can do for them is greatly appreciated folks so i'm um, happy veterans day to you guys amen thank you very much gang awesome